0: What's going on, everyone? It's Mitch from RespectMyRegion.com coming back with another episode of the RMR Podcast. Today, chatting with a special guest down in the southeast. Man, I got Cody
1: Edwards, co-founder of Florida yeah,
0: Girls Festival. How are you doing today, Cody?
1: Good, man. Thank you for having us on, man. really appreciate it and uh, stoked to be talking uh, to you from the other side of the coast. Yeah, no, man. You're
0: probably living it, lamping in a life of sunshine. I was like, man, I finally you see the sun somewhat peeking into yeah. the out here. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Nice. Seattle, Seattle rain's gone. It's still cold outside, man. It's still cold. It's not quite as warm as down in your your side of the the map. But um, you know, before we get too started or too too far, every single guest I have on the store uh, on this podcast, I always ask uh, their origin story around the plant and that plant being cannabis. I know that's not all that you do and all that we're going to get into today, but sure. it's just kind of the basis of one of the things we talk about here at RMR. So I'm just kind of curious whether it's personal, professional, whatever you choose and being vulnerable and sharing kind of when you and cannabis uh, started your relationship.
1: Yeah, man, dude, I love that question. Um, yeah. Like I feel like I definitely was more prepared to think about it from a business standpoint and what we're doing with our events and growing and all this fun stuff. But I'd much rather tell you about like, yeah, the first time I touched touch the plant because it's like going down a, a memory lane and, um, something I feel like you don't, you don't think about every day. Um, especially if you're, you know, if you're a tried and true hardcore smoker or, or dabber or what whatever, and you're, you know, touching the plant every single day, you know, there comes a time where you're like, holy shit, when did this stop? When did it end? You know, and that's a whole nother subject, but, um, but yeah, man, I was introduced to the plant by some very good friends of mine and, um, in seventh grade, I think we were like 14 or 13, um. It was a typical i don't know maybe like middle class situation of uh preps you know peer pressure and friends having older brothers and and parents that actually were passing it down to them and and me just having um the right friends that were into that because i guess where i was at not not everybody my age surrounding was was into it that early especially um but yeah, man, um, first time I I smoked was uh, was a blunt on a golf cart, South Florida. A lot of fun, man. Um, and yeah, I, I still, uh, every time I smoke a blunt, I still think about that a little bit. But, um, but yeah, man, so I, it's been a long journey. But aside from that, I noticed right away, like the benefits it had for me. And when I was younger, right away, I'm not going to say I, I totally fell in love off the bat. I think I was probably exposed a little bit too young, to be completely honest with you. I think the science that's coming out is showing some things about starting early and, and you know, when is the appropriate time to start based off brain maturity and things like that. But I'm definitely no scientist and everyone should, you know, should do as they please. Um, but yeah, man, I, I've been smoking since I've been using cannabis since that time. That was uh, 15 years ago for me. I'm about to be 30. So um, yeah, man, it's been a it's been a fun ride and. To see where it's at now and to uh, to be operating a, a business around it and, and impacting so many people's lives around cannabis, um, you know, just brings me back to that time. And yeah, shout out to my boys who, who put me on, I guess. That that nostalgia, you know, that's something with like certain, I feel like certain areas you
0: smoke at, certain formats of smoking, certain strains and flavors can easily take you back to 100%. connect the dots through 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 time and space to where you were when you first kind of discovered some of these flavors or the plant altogether. I totally associate it with that. Um, You know, being in Florida, right, is is one of the hottest you know markets in the country, being even still that it's a medical only market. It's been very much talked about, had a lot of spotlight on it. But that was really just the last couple of years, you know, prior to that, at least for myself, someone that's literally from the complete opposite side of the map. You know, Florida wasn't really somewhere that was talked about or brought up when you thought about cannabis culture um the quality of cannabis or or just even like on the forefront of legalization how much has that shifted over the last couple years and has that kind of been something that's just been brewing but out of the spotlight to someone who might be on the west coast where we kind of were a little bit further along down the race
1: for sure man that's a great point great question um yeah dude like number one cannabis culture in in florida and everywhere the plant has been is has always been there in some format you know um but in Florida, yeah, I definitely think of it as a whole different situation, a whole different, you know, in terms of legacy growers passing down genetics, it's obvious that other places around the country have longer, you know, origins and, and histories, but there's still people here in Florida that have been holding it down forever. There's always been smokers here. There's always been good strains flooding, um, you know, the black market since the 90s. And, and obviously before that with trafficking and, and uh, a, a lot of shit coming from down south and wherever it came from. Um, but yeah, man, I've been proud to have been a part of the cannabis culture here in the last 10 or 11 years, but obviously it started way, way before us. Um, and I guess to really answer that question, like what is that defined as, you know, and, uh, to us cannabis culture is just really anything to do with like the lifestyle of the users of the plant and, uh, being around that plan and, and the activities that a lot of us partake in. Um, and yeah, man, so We've always like grown up looking at the West Coast, at least in, in, in my you know years of being around it, like it's kind of the big brothers. And it's been cool to see it pop off here recently. And we still have some crazy restrictions here in Florida. And sometimes it looks like they're getting better. Sometimes it looks like they're getting worse. Um, when they look like they're getting better, it looks really positive. And um, regardless, I'm proud to be from Florida. I you know, that's like why we've kind of I, I wouldn't say stayed here, but we've stayed here so far to. To see this through and hopefully get to a recreational point, so we could take our business and our events to another level. But um, in the meanwhile, it's been beautiful thing to see build from an underground um, perspective, community gatherings to something that is above ground and and you know trying to go public, trying to be out in the forefront. Um, yeah, man, it's been fun. Yeah, and, and
0: and with that, obviously, the Florida Groves is something that's much more you know mainstream, right? Like you guys' poster from the setup, from everything I know about it, right? It looks like your traditional music festival, right? It obviously yeah. has that component of cannabis added to it, which is pretty unique no matter where you're at. But, you know, you've, you've been in the event space and, event- and around cannabis um, for some time, kind of like building off of that community that you were just speaking of. What has it been like transitioning from that, like setting up events, being involved in cannabis culture as it was a much more smaller just kind of community driven thing where it was, you know, honestly, for a lot of people, some people talk about it, it's like regulation, this and that. But a, a lot of times it's even finding venues and finding the right people to partner with were are very tricky. So it made everything kind of be a much more community driven, smaller thing. So what's yeah. it been like kind of going from that, starting with that and then blossoming it into a more mainstream kind of out in public facing uh, event at obviously a much larger scale?
1: For sure. I mean, for me personally, it's been great, man. I mean, it's been a, a really organic growth for the last 10 years, just because I started when I was like a freshman in college. So I had a couple of years to kind of figure all of that stuff out. Right. And at the same time, I'm figuring out all of that, you know, let's call it off the clock stuff, which is really where the business comes from venues um, sponsorships, trying to like set up your event to be a legitimate gathering, Um, you know, doing all that through college while I was learning about business was really great and, and fun to do it at the same time and made it kind of, you know, pretty easy. Um, but yeah, man, growing it to a, a bigger scale is definitely difficult like anything, but I think it's exactly like what we want to do. I think it's what the people need. Um, I think it's what the people want and you kind of described it perfectly. You know, like we, we are a music festival, like first and foremost um, to our roots with Florida gross festival to our structure through where most of our resources and time are being spent. It is 100% music first, music all the way. Um, However, we're attracting music, art, cannabis. That's the the three things we're kind of, you know, our niche, our our brand that we're branding ourselves with. So um, the other three, the other two elements, art and cannabis, are just as important to us. And we're spending a lot of time and and making sure we have some really cool activations in those areas. Um, But it's been fun to take to the mainstream, man. And I really dream of a day that our festival could... Be there on the forefront, just like a lot of these other festivals and can openly include cannabis in some way, shape or form, just like we do when we serve alcohol, just like we do uh, when, when other things are in play at, at certain music festivals. So we just want to see, um, we just want our, our, our piece of the pie, I guess. Man, I 100% understand that. And it's definitely something
0: that, that's consistently talked about, I think, by anybody in the cannabis space. And uh, anybody's thrown events, right? Like I'll say traditional. And in this sense, traditional means anything not involving cannabis. Yeah. Things involving cannabis, right? Like when you compare those side by side, it's night and day, whether it's a large scale gathering is. or something as a 100 person bar or, you know, small venue thing, right? If you just have a, a bar, And then if you compare that to throwing events without cannabis, it's literally, they're not the same thing whatsoever. And Uh, nothing can
1: prepare you for them either. That's the thing. Like you can't just read a manual. You can't just talk to a lawyer. You can't just talk to the venue owner. You can't just talk to the insurance agent. Like there is no black and white. There are very few like regulations out there. I know California has, you know, an event system. They did. I don't know how it's thriving or not thriving, but, um, But yeah, and then on top of that, like other outside elements that are basically like strangling the the cannabis event, uh, you know, industry as a whole, like for for mainstream, uh, let's say large scale gatherings is insurance regulation, shit like that. Um, And then also the ability to advertise. So as long as it's federally illegal, so many of these other companies that may want a piece of your music festival are not or can't be involved just because there might be a plan on the advertising just because you might, you know, actually tell someone, you know, it's okay to smoke a CBD joint or something like that on site versus every other music festival, they let it happen anyway. So Mm -hmm. really, what's the difference? Um, and yeah, so it's, it's, yeah, the trials and tribulations are like never ending, man. And honestly, if anything, the way I feel it's going personally, bro, is I feel like it's kind of pushing me out of the cannabis space, which in turn is a good thing. I'm growing, I'm innovating, I'm trying to like, do new things. But at the same time, like this is like what started my growth, our business and, uh, and kind of, um, you know, the just the journey we've been on. So like, I want to stay true to the culture. I want to put cannabis on the forefront to change people's minds, to show people that we can essentially party or gather responsibly. But like, man, they're, they're making it very difficult.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, we're talking a little bit of offline before we got started just in terms of social media, but all across the board in the cannabis yeah. space, it's nothing but roadblocks and challenges and and things that don't make sense. I mean,
1: from cannabis prohibition
0: itself, doesn't make
1: sense. Yeah, Yo, <laughs> just opportunities, so- man. That's all we could do. Stay positive. And uh, like you were even saying before, like those are opportunities and we just got to navigate them and be strategic and sometimes not be strategic and and just try shit and, be creative and be willing to, uh, to risk it too, man. As, as any business, I'm, I'm sure, as you know, as a, as a, as a hustler and business owner, like, man, we just got to try things that are different and just try to reach our audience, man, for sure. A hundred
0: percent, a hundred percent, man. There, there's risk in all every, every, every sense of the word, you know, every type of business. Um, so, you know, I, I want to take it back a little bit to, to when, when, you know, dab day was started, what was the, uh, the initial, inspiration behind starting that, that, that brand of events, that company and some of those early events that you threw in the cannabis space.
1: For sure, man. I mean, I think it was a little bit what we were just talking about Um, seeing the culture on the West coast. Like I remember very vividly, I was studying, I, I, ju- I was a freshman in, in, in college and I just got done with playing football. I decided I didn't want to play anymore. Had a lot of spare time, was really into cannabis, understood, felt, and have seen firsthand the medicinal benefits, which, you know, there's a lot more to cannabis besides the medicinal benefits, but I knew that much. I knew it had a a very powerful potential. Um, but yeah, man, just, uh, just, just seeing this opportunity of like, Hey, nobody's doing anything in Florida. There's Kush doc, there's Chalice Fest, there's all this going on in, in California and all these cool things. Like I want to do something here. Maybe I could be the first one. And, um, it was probably in February, I was reading a High Times article, I think from the year before 2013, that in one way, shape or the form of another, like titled the word Dab Day and, and associated it to 710. Um, I don't know if they said 710 Dab Day. I don't remember specifically, but it start that, sparked that idea for that name, that brand, that company, everything in my head. Um, and yeah, man, we just had fun with it in the beginning, got to creative work, created a logo. Tin Man, obviously he runs on oil, so the Tin Man is... Our guide for Dab Day. Um, and we threw our first one in July with a couple months' notice. The venue cost $300. Uh, found some people who would set up tables, vendor booths, um, had a couple glass blowers. Shout out to Willie Ramos for sure. Um, a couple of DJs, very small venue. And we did it. And it was fun. And it was like, damn, all these people just came through and wanted to learn about things that related to or directly were the plan itself. So it was really interesting, man. and there wasn't even really smoking at that one, if I remember correctly, or the plant like wasn't on display or anything like that. But we were all there just for the start of something, I guess. And in the long run, looking back at it. Um, but yeah, man, from there just kept grinding different events and, uh, and yeah, man, COVID really slowed us down in terms of like, that was when we were going to massively scale up. That was like exactly the time the year before we had thrown something where we really scaled for the first time in four twenty, And, um, we're like, screw it. The world is ours. Let's do a two-day festival 2020 or 19, maybe it was. And um, COVID came in and and really hurt us, set us back. But this Florida Groves concept was probably a better concept than what we were supposed to do pre-COVID anyway. So um, I'm very grateful for that and the fact that, like, me and my partner landed on this and just have been grinding nonstop, man. The growth in, like, the last 18 months has been um, – I don't even know if it's been that much. It's probably been fourteen months, but the growth has been awesome. And I think we have something really special for Florida here. So yeah, man, we're excited. I love just as a as a as a, as a business owner that has to pivot
0: and deal with roadblocks. I love to hear, you know, that the 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 obstacle was the way, right? And yeah. like you said, you credit the obstacles being the way to to take an idea and make it even better, right? Take, take a negative and make a positive. That's, that's what we gotta do on a daily basis. Yo, trying to make this shit, this shit happen. Um, for, for attendees this year, right? For, for the yeah. Florida Gross Festival, obviously you're combining like, you know, the sneaker convention, tattoos, art, um, cannabis culture, you know, I believe people get medical cards on site, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. And then you got, you know, music artists across all genres what goes into, what goes into planning this and how much lead time does it take to bring all this stuff together?
1: Um, man, it probably depends on how good you are at it and how many years you have in the game. That answer will vary a little bit, but I feel like we're starting to figure out the recipe a little bit. And, um, and yeah, man, um, I would say it takes us a solid eight months from start to finish for, from concept and branding and stuff like that. But, you know, the more years you do it, the more you build up a cat- a catalog of branding you could use, and and supporter base, and um and yeah, and resources and all kind of stuff. So right now we're at like a an eight month mark. It feels really good for us if we can announce, start selling tickets six months, um or five months. So that's where we're at right now. But at the same time, man, it's twenty four seven, never off the clock. Um, my partner Patrick and myself are just nonstop at it with with interns and, and friends and all kinds of stuff. We're not at the point where we could hire the people we want to hire just yet, but um, we're doing everything we literally possibly can to make this a success. And I think our, um, I think our sweat and and all that will actually just leak out onto the product. Not literally, obviously, but um, I think you'll see it when you go to the show that weekend, I think people will feel it and know how hard we worked and how special it is, especially I'm not really a comparative guy. I'm always like, you know, comparatives. I don't know that they're always healthy, but obviously data is and looking at things and stacking them up against other things. And just looking at last year, man, like last year was a success. We got a good amount of people out there for one day. It was our first time. Um, We still were using music bookings from COVID that, you know, we weren't able to actually select for this event. We were kind of forced to get those done. so a lot of cards stacked up against us, man. But we did it; it was a success. And where we're at on track uh, versus last year um, leads us to believe that's going to be a, a freaking killer weekend for sure. Hell yeah, man! And who who do you feel like is kind of your
0: ideal? Obviously, there's something for everyone here. But who who are what are some of those ideal? You know, for the, for the target attendee, right? What are some of those ideal situations or ideal people that are gonna
1: gonna attend this
0: event? Like who who is this <laughs> for?
1: Definitely. That's a great question, man. Um, First and foremost, obviously, like cannabis brings an element of a melting pot. I'm sure you've seen it with your events out there. Like you could, if you go to a sesh that's black market in any state, you're going to see uh, senior citizens down to like teenagers. And it's the crazy weird thing about cannabis. And so that element remains true at our show. We have people of all ages and it's a beautiful thing to see, man. Um, People with, of all ages, demographic, race, anything like that, like I love that about our shows that you see everybody and anyone there. Um, so, yeah, that's really special, man, to be honest we you. Just take a moment to, to realize that again. But um, beyond that, definitely Music Lovers is our main target this year. Um, after that, I would say the cannabis enthusiasts. But who we've selected with, uh, with this music lineup, we really, really want to get some, some Music Lovers out there and, and explore the other elements we have to offer because I know we're going to bring our cannabis people. We've been marketing to them we've known them for 10 years now so now it's like all right let's take it to the next level let's bring in these new people with this with this concept let's bring in people who haven't been experienced to these other elements of the festival that way when they get there for the music they're gonna be like holy shit and then they can spread the message they can spread the vibes they can spread all of that you know like wildfire
0: and then on the on the music artists you know having that diverse landscape you know it kind of matches like what you're saying right like cannabis the cannabis consumer is not a specific person. It is it is yeah. everyone, right? Not everyone, not necessarily everyone consumes cannabis, but the, the typical cannabis consumer is everyone. Uh, how, how did you approach kind of curating this lineup, wanting to be something that's, you know, still connected to cannabis, but also trying to yeah. appease a, a wide audience of people?
1: Yeah, man, for sure. That's what uh, Patrick and myself were spoke for hours about, man. Hours and hours. And obviously there's so many other constraints that come into To getting the music artists especially when you're at the level we are where you know we have all the room to get better and better is the way i look at it but our connections are somewhat new in the music industry so that on top of things man it's just it's a grind it's tough and um but i really really love it i fell in love with the process this year i think we both did and um yeah man honestly just looking for good performer number one this year i wanted to get people that we knew were essentially on point if that makes sense like just from the most basic level, like we wanted a name, like as our headliner, Thievery Corporation. They are they are a professional prime band. They have done so many shows. They've been around for so long, um, and they're and they are big. You know, they're they're huge, and they have an older demographic, um, which means you have uh, ticket buyers, people that are spending a little bit more money, let's say. Um, however, they're not mainstream, so we feel we we're able to hopefully get them as at a good price. So all these things go into play when you're getting people and um and yeah man this year we went extra hard with with reggae that that's always an easy kind of go to um we definitely in the future want to blend genres a little bit more we really look up to a festival in Miami called three points it's um it's a lot more electronic music I will say and we haven't been able to figure out the the balance there because electronic music is sure as you know can be very up tempo. There's lots of chill vibes there's lots of mellow beats you can sub a lot of that stuff in too but for a real badass electronic show you need some serious energy um and sometimes with like the vibe our events have brought with cannabis I'm sure you know people aren't always naturally like that um as we make the transition into music festivals and other acts we'll we'll probably bring more of that but um yeah man this year right now we're we're pretty much married to some reggae and, and some hints of electronic dub and even some hip-hop but yeah, man, there is no rhyme or reason. We just ended up with a total uh, plethora of amazing, badass bands. We're really excited for. It. And and so outside of Thievery Corporation, who are you
0: uh, most excited personally to, to check out this this year?
1: Oh man, personally, um, oof, I'd probably have to say Fortunate Youth. Just okay. as like a personal, like cannot wait for them. Um, Dan Kelly is someone that's the lead singer. He. You, he bleeds his, his heart and soul into his songs on stage. And you can see it in his face. His face turns like blood red. Um, but honestly, I'm excited for every single person there, no doubt. Uh, Protege is, is our other headliner on Saturday. Excited for that. Collie Buds is coming out. Really excited for him. He's always a fan favorite in Florida. Um, we have legendary Grammy winners, Inner Circle going to be there from, from a lot of huge songs that almost everybody on the planet knows. Bad Boy, Sweat. Um tenement yard. Um yeah, man. We got a bunch of local bands as well that we're really excited for. Plus artists, glass blowers, vendors, food, music, sneaker convention, tattoo shops, like so much shit going on.
0: And and with all that, right? So people people can come out, you know, bring a little bit of spending cash and and enjoy these other elements, right? Right. And, yeah. and, and get right, do some shopping, maybe get some art, you know, buy some artwork, get some artwork yeah. done on themselves. Um uh, yep um what's what's kind of the importance of having all of those components where it's like it's not just things to do for people but it's you know connecting all these subcultures that obviously connect up to to a a bigger subculture
1: for sure man you know and and again like just as as young entrepreneurs the rhyme and the reason part is like more just how we feel and who we are and Mm -hmm. what our life has produced us into at this point like we're just bringing these unique elements that definitely bring value to the festival we wanted to bring them in to give people more hype about it to, to show people other cultures, but really just connecting with these other subcultures because cannabis itself is pretty much a subculture. I would say at this point, I mean, it's definitely it's mainstream and whatnot, but I, you know, I don't know, It still just feels subculturey. Um, so yeah, having all of these areas, um, where we kind of all connect with, the, with each other very well. A lot of these areas we're talking about are directly or not directly, but either way still intertwined. Um, and yeah, I think it's just our job, man, to to just put on something that's really fucking cool, to be honest, like for people just to be able to see, like you have people there who will never get a tattoo. You have people there who will get their first tattoo. Um, Funny enough about that, last year I had somebody hit us up. They got their first tattoo on site, which we only had a couple artists last year as like a super tester. Like, let's see if people even want to do it. Do they like it? We're We've always been in the tattoo culture. We work with artists and all kind of stuff. So we did it last year. Someone got their first tattoo. They they DM'd us this year. They're coming back. I think they said they already have like twenty seven in <laughs> twelve months. And I was just like, "Yo, the fact that our event gave birth to that is like mind blowing." So so yeah, man. This year we just really wanted to bring uh, an added buzz to it. So we worked with all of these cultures and we worked with pioneers and and uh, and and solid people in these areas to curate those experiences while you're in the festival.
0: And and with that, being an artist yourself, how connected do you feel like are the communities in, in, in whether it's just greater Orlando or Florida in general between, you know, whether it's, you know, doing custom sneakers or doing tattoos yeah. or doing murals or doing graffiti, you feel like those are uh, that community of
1: artists is pretty connected. Um. So like in my world, it always feels like we're connected because all of those things are a part of us. Right. So like, yeah, I'd like to believe so. And then, of course, you step out and you get in the real world like. I have a beautiful, loving wife, but my wife was never exposed to anything like this before, you know? So we were yin and yang very, very well. So I have weeks, you know, stuff where I don't participate in some culture activities. Then I'm like, holy shit, I'm a, I'm a shell of myself. But, um, but I think they do all interact very well. And I think even the people who come who haven't been exposed to them, you know, see the value and see these beautiful other cultures and, and respect them and, and continue to learn about them and hopefully join them and support their causes in the future.
0: Yeah. Uh, I, I love that. Cause I mean, art, art, there's so many different forms of art, right? Like when we start talking about art and you guys are obviously connecting them, whether it's again, the physical art, like, you know, the paintings, like I see behind yourself, you're talking about music is art. Tattoos is a form of art and cannabis obviously has a direct tie into all of them in a whole different way from, either being the inspiration for the creative source or the inspiration for the end user to interpret that art you know how, how they so choose right these things are yeah. intertwined at, at, a, at a almost a spiritual like level and and whether someone's tapped into that uh and really understands that or they're just again an end user that's just seeing the byproduct of all of that right the art for sure 100%. intertwined, yeah. Um, how do you feel like, you know, we, we did talk a little bit, obviously, about where cannabis is now and, and then a little bit towards the start. But how do you feel like or, or, or towards the start, but how does cannabis culture kind of evolved in Florida since those early days of, of doing Dab Day events um, in the early 2010s? And yeah. then to, to this point now where, like we said, you know, there, there's a spotlight on this medical market. Um, do you feel like the culture the culture has shifted or has it just become more of a business thing or public
1: perception? How has that kind of shifted in Florida? Yeah, man, in Florida, <clears throat> excuse me, in Florida, it's um it's definitely overall business first, to be honest with you here, with the way the laws are set up, with the way the um medical marijuana treatment centers, which is what we're supposed to call them here, MMTCs, um, same as dispensary, um, are all set up, how they operate. I would say in the beginning they, uh, since yeah, in the beginning, they were basically kind of loose with how things were done and they would essentially let some personality seep through. Let's, let's say that. And that's very minimal. Like the packaging restrictions, the restrictions on advertising, the restrictions on branding guidelines, the restrictions on, um, who could see in and out of a store where you could see your store from it's, it's a lot like it is anywhere, but, um, it's especially a lot here. And yeah, man, I will say that, you know, I wouldn't say that the uh, the legislation or the people in charge were ever super supportive of the culture, although it's typically seemed like maybe they were from the outside, if that makes sense, or people always wanted to, right? Like, and plus like anything you have people who absolutely are in it for the right reasons that support, support the, you know, OGs, the culture, everything like that. It is a business at the end of the day. And that, of course, um, needs to come into play at some point, right? You got to say, hey, we're trying to make money, of course, but being a good person has is completely separate from that, whether you're a good person or not, right? Um, I don't know if I worded that correctly. What I mean is essentially good people, they'll show through in their business actions and mm-hmm. what they show support to, right? And a lot of people can show support, hide behind something, and I feel like Florida, that has happened a little bit. Um, but generally speaking, it's, it's been organic grow. It's been a grind. Other people have, um, have of course stepped up and, and have organized events and community gatherings and, you know, their own brands and, and sub communities. And a lot of time it feels like it's run for personal profit reasons only, but there's still some really good stuff happening out there. Um, and I think people can see through the bullshit Um, cause there's a lot of really, really cool people in Florida, a lot of good people. Um, and then like anywhere else, there's also bad people. So, um, we just stick to our message, man. We keep our head down It's kind of our thing. I will say, um, we don't go out there and get super locked in with a whole lot of other groups just because we like to be flexible. We like to, um, to be able to do what we need to do if, if the situation calls for it and, and maneuver strategically. But I definitely want to elevate our brands. I want to elevate our our uh our reach. I want to be more accessible to people in terms of like brands and actually being directly tied in with cannabis itself. Um however we don't want to rush that either. And uh we definitely see the music festival scene as kind of our our next big picture move here in, in Florida, hopefully.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then on that on that brand front, you know, the last the last year or so we've seen you know some major established brands move into the Florida market, obviously through cookies, yeah. Jungle Boys, you know, connected yeah. Alien labs. Is on its way out there. I think, you know, Khalifa Kush um, and, and Preferred Gardens. So some of these, you know, some of these brands yeah. are starting to expand out there and bring some highlight. Do you feel like the Florida consumer, like from your perspective, are are they stoked on these like legacy in California brands out there? Are they still looking for kind of the, those Florida grown type brands?
1: Yo, it's so tough. Um, I think it's a natural thing to, as, as a cannabis person myself, I think it's a natural thing. And then as a Floridian, I think it's natural to be super excited to see these people come here. Like, yeah, man, I want to see cookies, logos everywhere. I want to see preferred gardens killing and I want to see all these people cause they're dope brands. They're good people. They're great flower. Like, you know, as, as far as I know. And, um, and yeah, man, but then also of course I'm a Floridian and the market here is so restricted and the access to get in is so highly valuable that to see all these people coming from other States, but then to still see people here in Florida not be able to access that um, is a little tough to stomach. But at the same time, these people have something set up that they've been working on for decades and years. So it also makes sense that they're skipping lines and there is no line at the end of the day. It's all who, you know, and it's business. So I like to see it. I think it's good. I love competition. I love the more people doing stuff. I'm just a big believer in that and, and kind of any industry and any, anything, you know, art, anything. Um, But at the same time, I definitely want to see more Florida stuff shine through. We have, and we have some cool examples of it. Um, And yeah, honestly, what I've also learned from being in the industry is that it's all kind of like how that partnership is actually structured. Mm -hmm. That really makes it depending on how, uh, or makes it how true these brands are, how much, how how a replicate of themselves they really are from their, let's say, California version and stuff like that. Because if you have a a, a deal where you know your people aren't in the garden or your people aren't touching stuff you're not making decisions in my opinion it's kind of how is that really that's kind of a show of yourself right but I'm sure in some situations that's all that could be done but in a lot of these bigger brands you see coming I do think they're doing it the right way they're setting up huge footprints they're employing tons of people here um the only thing personally I'll say is I'd love to see them getting more involved on the event front, of course, but at the same time, man, with regulations here in Florida, it can be very risky to do so. I understand setbacks and, and also these guys are big names. So I, I think sometimes they don't need to market themselves, of course, but I know people would just like to see them out there and just like to meet them. Mm. So that's where I come from, from, from that perspective. But yeah, man, it's good to see. That's a great, that's a great answer. Uh, um, Just
0: understand, because I mean, I I can associate with that, you know what I mean? And I can understand that. That's that's a great answer. I think, you know, seeing these brands move, but obviously being from there, you want to see the local grown stuff, boom, and get a chance. And then also that, you know, that point of, of, I think it's a healthy and fair criticism to just think of outside. Whether, yeah. you're, whether you're a brand, a music act, a cannabis
1: company, when you go yeah.
0: into a different market, integrate and assimilate with that local culture as opposed to just exist in it. A hundred
1: percent, man. And some of them are doing that really well. Some aren't. But and there's still some some great people here in Florida that are directly plugged in and are growing stuff that let's say they used to grow here and and all kind of and all kind of good stuff. There's a lot of good people that are popping off. I just I want to see an open market. But at the same time, I want to see something that's fair for everybody. Um, a big point in our state, I don't know about about where you guys are at anymore, but is home grow. Everybody wants access to home grow. So that's the next big thing right now that and I think is tying up our recreational laws from passing is nobody can agree on a bill because everybody wants to see home grow in some way, shape, or form. And the way it's getting inputted in all these different bills is just not making everyone happy. Nobody's on the same team essentially. So I'm very concerned that we're a lot farther away from recreational than people really think. Yeah, gee, I, I didn't cover that. But we were talking
0: before we started. Uh, Washington doesn't have home grow. It's another thing we don't have out here, like gotcha. California. Other places have it. Again, yep. we voted it in. That we just kind of were thankful for what we got. We didn't. Yep. We didn't get a lot of these things that are common, commonly uh, negotiated in other markets. Yeah, and here we are, eight years later, still still waiting for home grow. And obviously, a lot of the established businesses lobby against it because it's, it's a threat to their. You know, there's obviously that tension, uh, yeah. which we hear about a lot in Florida. I know. Uh, politically from the, the existing operators it you know, it, it, it potentially threatens the their, their profit or their hold on the market, right? Dude,
1: I know we're probably finishing up here, man, but I just got to tell you this because it drives me absolutely nuts, man. It's crazy to me that, that companies take that stance. Like from a business mindset, they should know better that at the end of the day, to me, it's going to positively impact their ROI. Like just from a strictly, if I was in a corporate boardroom setting, people think, I mean, people what really is going to happen if they legalize home grow? everyone's going to go out and start growing their own meds no they're going to get more involved with the plant itself and they're going to be more of a user they're going to become more of a patient they're going to become more of an advocate they're 90 percent of them are probably going to fail at growing weed because it's really freaking hard man and especially in florida humid muggy hot this mosquitoes gross like it's just not it's hard man so i say Dude, open the floodgates. Let people say they're going to grow and do all that. They're going to be in your shop buying it and comparing it to their shit like, "Damn, why can't I do this?" you know? Um, but at the same time, as an owner, as like someone who's trying to bring large-scale people together to in the name of cannabis, we'll say, "Um, I also want to do anything to get recreational passed on some um on some level because I think if that's passed, that's better than if it's not passed and we didn't vote in record uh, home growth, that makes sense. But yeah, man. So that's what's happening here in Florida, bro. Yeah, that's that's interesting because
0: uh, I, I, I've I've grown at home. I'm not supposed to, but I, uh, you know I've grown Damn. at home a couple times. But I've never I've never I've maybe hit two goals right. of my own home right. growth. It just sits in it. It's fun. I enjoy it, but it does not meet my. Ex- I still go to the store, man, because I don't even exactly. want the which which is I- like.
1: Yeah, which is why I have so much respect for growers, man. My brother is one, and so many people we work with here in Florida are growers, and, dude, the love they put into it, and, yeah, man, it's just, uh, it's it's a tough craft, man, And for people to think that allowing home grow is going to make your stash get filled, you're out of your fucking mind. <laughs> the plant has a mind of its own, but to each its own, man, I hope everyone does have the right to grow.
0: Yeah, and, and I think that's a great point. Of it builds more enthusiasts who are going to get into cannabis and not only purchase more, but speak about it and just help yep. the conversation grow. Something something that we've been talking about uh, on, on a couple of episodes lately. While I was just in Massachusetts, because they 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 just similarly to everywhere else, yeah. right? There's this tension yeah. between the culture and, and the large scale corporations. Large scale corporations are obviously trying to put regulations in their favor that are you know at at. At the adverse of a lot of the the smaller business and the culture, and and someone kind of brought up to me, and it's really shifted how I thought of just having the more open market is you know if we compare it to music, right? It, it allows more people to establish their talents, their brand, or their following that then a corporation could then partner with and ultimately provide the platform, much like in music, right? Is the label yeah. signs the artist and. In best case, I know it's not always, it can be a, a very parasitic relationship, but in a best yeah. case scenario, it's a symbiotic relationship, right? Where both 100%. are benefiting from each one another's strengths and having that open market yes. creates that opportunity that doesn't really exist right now.
1: And dude, our market is showing the proof. Like We have 700,000 patients in a couple of years, Like not a couple of years, more than a couple of years, but still, man, just open the shit up. You guys are still going to be top dogs. You're still unfortunately going to make probably the most money, but- I understand it, man. It's it's uh it's capitalism. It's greed. It's America we live in. And as young entrepreneurs, we just gotta navigate it and and find our niche and stay true and, and be good to people, man. A hundred percent, man. A hundred percent. Well,
0: Cody, I, I appreciate you hopping on here today. Yeah, I mean, man, for, thank you. for people out there that want, you know, Florida at the Orlando Amphitheater, Saturday, April 15th to Sunday, April 16th. Anything else you want to plug before you get up out of here, man?
1: No, man. If you guys come to Florida, please check us out at seven ten dab day at Florida Groves Fest. Um, we have events throughout the year and we also do artwork and murals. If any needs if anybody needs any large scale murals, we work with a ton of amazing artists. I'm an artist and Yeah, man, we're we're all around looking forward to a lot more creative projects. And thanks for having us on, man. Appreciate your time today. Awesome, man. Appreciate
0: you. If if anybody's out there watching on YouTube, subscribe It's somewhere located below Cody. Man, if you're listening on Spotify, Apple, like it, leave a comment, even if it's hate, man, we want to see all that. We appreciate you guys tapping in. We'll be back with more content throughout the week.